Oh, hey, no, I'm on mute. All those Foley sounds were me clearly, enthusiastically, trying to figure out why you you couldn't hear me because I I knew that when I was recording this the the day before it got onto your device at the very least it could be much more and anyway Mark D IT guy dad just I'm bad I'm I should never do anything ever again but I'm still doing it and today we're talking about Silent Movie which is a 1976 film by Mel Brooks Last episode, I said I was going to talk about Mel Brooks. I'm fucking talking about Mel Brooks. That's what I'm doing. So, here we are, Mel Brooks. I didn't start at the beginning. I didn't start at the end. I just started at the first one that I came across. The silent movie it is. And this movie is... A lot. This movie has... A, a million and one jokes and gags everything is a joke or a gag this is very much what i was thinking of while watching clue i was i was thinking of this style of movie where there is never not a joke there's not one actual serious moment in this movie and i really really liked it so it stars mel brooks marty feldman and dom DeLuise as uh mel fun <laughs> The other guy's like eggs, and, and then the other guy's like bell. And like, if you have like fun eggs and bell, are are fun eggs testicles, and is bell the penis? Are the are are the three main guys who are are basically just like, hey, we're boys, we're gonna make a movie. Are they dick and balls? Is that that joke? Not that I would ever refer to balls as fun eggs, but I feel like I've heard that before, and it is Mel Brooks. So those guys, they just might be dick and balls. They might be the Steely Dan of character names. And if you haven't read the Cracked article, Cracked.com article, I don't even know if that website still exists. But if you haven't read the Cracked.com article, the origin, you know, or the best band names, Steely Dan has the best band name. And I would... I would really, really think that you should read it in order to then get to Steely Dan. But that being said, this movie definitely, this movie a thousand percent, again, I use a thousand percent, is a, uh, it's a throwback and and maybe in, in certain ways a spoof, but not so much. I don't think it's so, so cynical about the productions of these movies so much as it is a bit of a love letter and trying to update it for modern 1976 sensibilities, for the Buster Keaton-type movies, the Charlie Chaplins and things like that, the movies of their time, the comedies especially, even though they they do pull some dramatic scenes, which are are fun. But, you know, there's things like interstitial cards, dialogue cards, and one of the big jokes is when the dialogue doesn't match the card at all. Uh, like, there's one where Mel Brooks mouths like, son of a bitch, and the dialogue card says, like, drats, or something like that. I, I didn't I didn't keep track of it. It was just really funny. And there's one where he gives, like, a really big answer, and he's, the dialogue card is like, I don't know. But that's the, the style of humor here that we're dealing with. That's These are the things that I find funny. Be, be, I've, I've, I've confessed this as much, and, and it's not so much a confession or a guilty pleasure as it is me, my my stupid... Human brain. This is what I like. 
so it has the those cards and and they're they're used in their own kind of meta meta layer of joke the the layer nine of joke there the layer eight being the human layer right so the performances and you have a band who provides you know music to sync up to the movie and there's some foley so there's like pops and dings and and thumps and things like that that are ostensibly sound effects but very much in the the vein of like if you've never seen a silent movie that has a kind of effects track or a foley track think of thrilling adventure hour if you haven't listened to thrilling adventure hour then i mean you're you're missing out and you should it's an older show but it checks out and um at the beginning of the movie i'm like is mel brooks going to stay dressed as a captain the the whole movie and he does it it pays off it, it was a payoff in that it was only set up that he was dressed as a captain the whole time i just i don't know it's it's, it's this movie is it it extracts these feelings of joy and these novel experiences novel because we don't really get the whole silent movie thing i know the artist came out and i i started to watch it one day and it was late and i just fell asleep it, it's late today watching this mel brooks thing but i also hyped myself up by saying i'm gonna fucking watch all the mel brooks movies so now i have to nobody made me watch the artist i didn't paint myself into that corner but here we are you know what mel brooks is a sucker for a running gag and I'm 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 there for it every time. I don't care. It's just that there's a few in this movie, and there are a shit ton of cameos. This is basically a more elegant fanboys for a more civilized age. And fanboys is the uh, the Star Wars prequels like fan movie, and it's has every cameo, including. Seth Rogen and Kevin Smith are the two that I can instantly come up with, but there's a lot to it, and it, it, it this is this is fanboys for a more civilized age, and I will say that Mel Brooks has been known to be a, a more progressive filmmaker. Blazing Saddles was notably uh, really convention breaking in terms of. The, the race of the actors and things like that. Cleavon Little being the main character and, and it's there was a lot to it. And it comes through a little bit here. There are definitely people of color in the movie kind of throughout, not really in major roles at all because the, the only real major roles are like the three, you know, dudes I talked about, uh, Bernadette Peters and... Maybe like two other dudes that are in all the other Mel Brooks movies. Maybe three. Sid Caesar plays the uh, the studio chief. And he's, you know, the caveman in history of the world and things like that. It's a whole thing. That guy's a thing. Look him up on Wikipedia. Go for it. But yeah, there's some uh, maybe progressive jokes that are set up in a non-progressive way, perhaps, uh, with regards to homosexuality. Right? And I think that that's worth examining slightly now at a very surface level. I'm not an academic. But I'll say that Mel Brooks is pretty okay making himself look like he's gay. So I think that's a pretty positive spin on the thing. Even though a, a bit the the butt of the joke is that is like, oh, he's gay, but he's also in a position where he looks gay. 
but then people are just like really upset about it. I think maybe that's really the the real joke is the other people's kind of reactions to these situations that you know we as viewers um are are somewhat ambiguous as to why they come up so to speak. So that's definitely a thing. Uh there was a a little bit of a transphobic joke though at one point and that was interesting. It was it was interesting. I don't know that it was fully transphobic, like, ill, but more like, oh, I don't know where this is going. But that was a, a perhaps a common theme back then. I'm not going to dwell on it. Just pointing that out. Just providing that information. But there's a lot of really good ones. Like, there's a, a really good joke. If you have the subtitles on, and I say if, because most people probably won't. But I did, by default, because the the file that I had had subtitles, so or the file that I, I pulled off my disc has all the subtitles, I should say. Let me be specific. I'm not saying go download the movie. The opposite. You can rent it or whatever the fuck. Or you can buy the 12-disc thing. It's it's Or 12-movie thing. It's worth it. 12-disc, I would imagine, because I think they're all one per disc. Or nine. Nine disc. There we go. 12 chairs is a movie. That's why I kept saying 12. I was like, 12 is, is too few discs. But I had the subtitles on. There's a... a like a, a plate of New York City, right? Because the uh, the evil studio is headquartered in New York City. And I can only speculate that they're standing for Warner Media, who was maybe the only big studio who had some type of conglomerate headquarters in New York City that I could just kind of come up with in just researching this very quickly as the movie was playing. It starts playing a song called San Francisco, and I know that it's called San Francisco because the thing says, you know, San Francisco plays, right? The name of the song, in quotes. And then it says, music slows down, and the music kind of dies. And then it goes, New York plays, or whatever. And it's like, oh, they, they didn't realize that they were supposed to be in New York, so they thought they were in San Francisco, and they started playing a different song. And that's a great gag. That's a wonderful gag. That's also very meta. It is a movie that knows that it's a movie. And it has influenced... Well, Mel Brooks has done this for a bit, and, and will continue to. So I don't... I don't know if I'm I'm not breaking any fucking new ground here. I'm just going over well-trodden ground, and by talking about Mel Brooks, I think that that will hold true the whole time. So if you don't want to hear me beat dead horses, just skip the Mel Brooks movies. I'm going to try to do them quick. I'm going to try to do them like this, getting this, this uh, watch the movie, do the podcast thing, in and out. Very gratifying, even though I don't necessarily think that they're as deep or as nuanced as other episodes that I've done, which I'm very proud of, uh, or not very, but definitely proud of in different ways. But the editing process is so much faster, the creation process is so much faster, and the feedback cycle is so much quicker that the way that things currently are in the state of things, this is maybe the better way for me to go to get some stuff out there, you know, to feel good that I made a thing and to have people, you know, listen and hopefully enjoy it and hopefully reach out on twitter at cool mark d cool with a c and mark with a k but mel brooks and since this is the first one in the cycle i'll say that mel brooks makes these logic jokes and i'm not saying like oh it's not a tautology blah 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 you were mistaken that's not what i mean by a logic joke if anybody makes a fucking joke like that you just are you're great at parties i don't know what to tell you but what I mean is that he kind of sets up these jokes that are 
subversive they subvert our expectations so like the setup is like like and and this is also rough unscientific just literally based on me watching this movie just now even though i've seen a bunch of other ones and maybe subconsciously i understood these things i've never tried to formulate this or, or put this into words or a statement or a thesis if you will but he will have set up where it's like normal everyday situation and then thing happens but the result is wildly unexpected but then we kind of recover from that as an audience and then this you know a similar or the same thing happens again and the result is the same in the same way unexpected so it's like he sets up this this reality where where things work differently physics or you know physics or social circumstances social etiquettes or or reality itself might work a little differently and he hits you with that that first punchline and then he hits it with he hits you with it again either immediately or later or both and it's just really interesting because they are these jokes are internally consistent to the movie so it's like non-euclidean comedy in a way it's not like sitcom comedy, it's Mel Brooks comedy is what I, I call it. I'm sure somebody with deeper knowledge would be able to fill all in all the gaps of the bullshit that I just said, but this is how I've come to discover it, or at least this is the first time that I've actually put any thought towards it. But ultimately, and, and this is going to be, this is going to hold true for, I think, just about all of these movies. But I'll say it now as well. Mel Brooks is a keen observer and really an analyst. And he boils down the genres that he's sending up to kind of their elemental nature. And then he, he creates those logic jokes to really, from a, a most basic level, subvert the genre and, and make it his own at that point. It's almost not... A parody even though it is maybe parodying a genre it's not a parody it's not necessarily referencing a specific material as much so much so as it's referencing a greater collection of material in abstraction almost the the totality of it if you're if you're an object oriented programmer you you know what i'm talking about and uh yeah silent movie really funny short i think it's like 80 something minutes i legitimately laughed out loud a couple of times and and for a bit the jokes some come fast some come and go real quick but others others stay for a bit and they they yeah a lot of good cameos surprising ones at that and those were really funny you should definitely check it out if you like goofy, silly, slapstick things. If you do like Silent Movie, I strongly recommend the Police Squad or the Naked Gun movies, but also the spiritual successors to those, or the spiritual successor to all of those, is Angie Tribeca, which I believe is on TBS. And you can stream it. I think there's like four seasons. And in terms of modern TV... That is not a, a strict kind of sitcom formula. Angie Tribeca might be one of my favorites up there with Atlanta 
and I need to give Mad Men another watch. I really liked it for a bit, but I did not like the the last season. It was a little bit too 70s for me. I already hated the aesthetic from Jump. So, you know, and uh, I think The Wire is very good, but there are definitely lulls in The Wire that I am not a fan of. Season 1, very good. Season 2, not so much. Season 3, better. Definitely better. But season four, I think, maybe is the peak. Or I, I, I get that mixed up. If, but if season four is the the resolution to season one, I'm about it. If it's not, if it's the one with Bunny, it, it's not bad, but it's not the same. But yeah, no, check out Silent Movie. It's Mel Brooks. It is Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks makes Mel Brooks movies. I still haven't seen The Elephant Man, and I'm afraid to. And he worked on that movie, and he legit took his name off of it. His name does not appear on the movie. Because he did not want that to influence the viewers of the movie. But one would think, with Mel Brooks having made such a consistent collection of these Mel Brooks written, directed, and starring that are just so fucking goofy... And so perfectly dumb that he is incapable of writing drama. And the the melodrama, the even barest, smallest, weakest effort of melodrama in, in his works is pretty consistent as well. So it almost is like, oh, he doesn't respect it, maybe. But I think that he does. I think that he does. I think he does it as a joke. And I know that Elephant Man, I've heard of, of first-person accounts uh, from several people who I, I know and trust on their opinions. And it's very, it, it, it's definitely a movie. It is a hundred percent a movie and it is not, it does not feel like a Mel Brooks movie, but it is very well, uh, crafted and communicated. So yeah, silent movie, very fun. <laughs> a lot of dumb, dumb jokes. I'm 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 smiling now just thinking of it, you know. Running over a few of the gags in my mind. Uh of substance, not much. It's it's really about the studio system in in several ways, about Hollywood in some. But I I don't think that Hollywood in general, that criticism is is very strong because it's the the characters themselves are very very two-dimensional but the the main plot where there's a studio that's about to be taken over by a conglomerate that's very real and we live in a time now with uh nbc universal comcast and uh you know time warner warner media group or whatever they call themselves now which are are monsters or titans and I think we have uh, Sony Paramount, and that's kind of it uh, for the most part. And everybody else is just kind of like, oh, and Disney. Fucking Disney. Disney just fucking... Disney Fox, right? Now. Yeah, it... The movie definitely saw something there, which was happening already, right? Because I think RKO got bought out by Universal and things like that. Like, there's things. There's a lot of history there. It's, it's business. It's very inside of baseball. It affects us people in general little to not at all, ultimately, at least not in ways that we see. 
but maybe in the ways that we didn't in the Philip K. Dick alternate histories of what could have been, right? Or Axiom Verge, uh, Lindsay Ellis alternate histories. But I'm going to sign out. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to keep these short and sweet and to the point. I've, I'm Mark D. Uh, at cool Mark D. Cool with a C and Mark with a K. And D with a D. Hello. I am Mark D20 on Letterboxd. I still don't know how to pronounce that because it's missing a fucking vowel. I should ask somebody. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll pick another Mel Brooks movie from the group the, the 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 group of nine movies that I picked up. I don't know which one. I'll just let fucking fate decide. The first one that I come across as I'm scrolling through my Plex, that'll be the one. So again, I love everybody. Besitos. Black Lives Matter. Wear a mask. Stay safe. Stay at home if you can. If you can't. Just do, do all the things right. Wear the mask. Stay away from people. Wash your hands. But this thing is it's not worth getting sick over to test your metal. Just everybody stays healthy. Everybody's good. We're in a weird spot right now. You better believe it. I'm in a weird spot. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to just join general society ever again. And I'm actually maybe going a little crazy, but I'm definitely doing the best that I can. So I'll see you next time.